Well, finally, I got this fucking lunatic in my podcast. Uh, George Mendoza, owner of American Barbershop, downtown Santa Ana. Um, so, yeah, let's hear George's story. What's up, George? How you been? You were out playing in the desert by yourself? Or? Yeah, no, not the desert. Up in, uh, I've been up in Santa Rosa for the last uh, two months volunteering. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of a little event called Burning Man that happens every year in the desert up in Black Rock City, but I am part of the uh, temple crew. Uh, so Burning Man, uh, one of the big attractions at Burning Man is a temple, and it's a very sacred place where you could go and, uh, and um, unload things that maybe you've been carrying around that you need to let go of, and um, uh, you get a group of, um, you know, about, a, about 100 volunteers, and we build these uh, beautiful temples every year, and um, and it's there for seven days for everybody to enjoy. They do meditation there. People, um, you know, maybe you lost a loved one and you have their belongings and you go and you could, you take a staple gun or a hammer and nails, you, you could staple and pin up anything you want in there. And at the end of the seven days, they burn the entire temple down with everything inside of it and everything floats up into the heavens and you let that go and... You know, that's, I, that's pretty cool, dude. Um, really I, I read an article years ago about that, and it was somewhere like in um, like San Bernardino, like out in the desert, mm-hmm. and they did a, a few of those things. But that's that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, that's that's a good way to you know start off. It's just like that concept of letting go of things. letting go of things, letting yeah. go of things. And in the first Burning Man I went to, I you know my cousin passed away unfortunately yeah, from suicide back in 2006, and I, I had a pink pimp suit that he wore all the time at our parties that we used to have. And I got stuck with this pink pimp suit in my closet for years and I didn't know what to do with it. And every time I saw this thing, it just, it hurt me so much. And what do I do with this suit that he handmade? And so I took it to Burning Man and I, I left it inside the temple. And I, um, it was very emotional when the temple burnt and everything, you know, and, and it was just neat to, that my, I, you know, my cousin, I felt like he was there with so many other people yeah, and they awesome. all floated up into the heavens uh, together, man. And what a, how beautiful is that, you know? Yeah. Maybe I should do that when he says, take all my calzones, the ones that you said he wore, and just burn them down. Just bring and pin them all up on the temple. What calzones are these? Oh, you can take anything there. That's what's cool. People, you could ride on it. It's really neat. Like, I'll send That's you some awesome. documentaries. Of yeah. people, like, it's, it's really neat. It's very emotional, too, bro. Like, you literally, you go inside that temple, you'll cry. Yeah. You, you will cry. I love that. You, yeah, you, that's, a, that's a good way to start. Um, it's really neat, man. Something new. Well, um, I just recently saw that your son, Eli, that i known for years, is about to have a baby, and you're going to be a, a granddad. Yeah, Fuck, man. How old are you? Like 41, 42? No, like, 40, I'm 46, man. I'm, damn, I'm 47. Bro, you you got to teach Eli the pull-out game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, they got him, dude. I think his girl just <laughs> locked him down because she, she knows Eli's a good kid, man. And she's like, man, I better, I better get knocked up and lock so down that d- child support, dude. <laughs> So how did you feel when he t- broke the news to you? No, like, it was oh. cool, man. And then uh, he's having a boy. And um, it, it's neat, man. And I got very emotional because when I started barbering at my first barbershop, uh, Nick's Barbershop in Norco, you know, Eli yeah. used to go to the shop with me and hang out with me all day. He was yeah. little. He was I a re- little tiny guy. And I just, remember you showing me pictures of that when uh, that um, laptop that you had that are like, had like a billion fucking techno songs. And yeah. there was a bunch of photos. I remember seeing photos of... Uh, your cousin and like the house parties you guys you threw yeah. and 
the the Jesus mirror that you guys would take every single time to the yeah to the house parties. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember seeing photos of Eli when he was little, and you know, yeah. I mean, just watching that kid grow to the man that he is now. It's yeah. Well, poor kid, incredible. he would sit. I would pick him up from school like at two o'clock, and it was always very stressful. As you know, if uh, you barbers that are parents, you know, yeah. you know, there's no. I'm going through that. Yeah, there's times when I pick up my daughter from school and I take her to the shop, and she sits yep. on the corner and exactly. does her homework, and I'm just like fuck this is not the place that i want to have her in here but bro it's it's parenting and we got to do what we got to do to survive you know it's and imagine back then it was a walk-in only shop and i got to get my son from school at 2 p.m yeah. and the shop is slammed and at 1 30 my boss is like dude take one more and i got to get my son from school at two you know, every day late every day the teacher's yelling at me my you know my wife like you know why is you know why are the teachers calling me you're late then yeah. I'd take poor Eli back to the shop, and he would sit in there from 2 o'clock to 7, 2 yeah. to 8, just all patient. He was a good kid. He would just sit there and watch me cut hair all day. So yeah, it's in his blood. That's something that, you know, a lot of barbers can relate to. And, you know, not a lot of people that are our clients could see and understand the the many sacrifices that we do within the hours of being behind the chair, you know. And and when, when we tell clients these type of things, they kind of like, oh, shit, I didn't know you do that, dude. Like, I didn't know you were... You were doing that like fuck dude if you need help and yada yada you know and that's how you build those great relationships with a lot of your clients they they don't become your clients they just become your family your yeah. friends and your close oh, yeah. friends and that's a beautiful thing but congratulations george you're oh, about to be you. a yeah. granddad a at a young age dude yeah i'm gonna have a shop pan when that kid's like five <laughs> i'm gonna teach him how to sweep <laughs> i can just imagine that kid as soon as he starts walking, he'll be sweeping hair. No, just kidding, man. <laughs> Put him in a pile of hair. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, obviously, you and I, we've we known each other for a long time. Yep. We um, we built American Barbershop Santa Ana. We, you know, we we had some rough times back then, dude. Like a lot of learning the, curves. A lot of learning curves. A lot of people dealing uh, with a lot of barber personalities back then yeah and at the same time we we dealt with a lot of the community not wanting us because oh my god the shop is called american barbershop but yeah they would talk so much shit to us and vandalize the shit out of remember that dude from the soccer field that every sunday he oh would come and fuck with god. us yeah he was oh, just, he hated us people hated us here because we were called american barbershop and they they took it as a form of gentrification yeah and it was so shocking and such a letdown to me because that's not even where the name came from and yeah. you know and as you know jay you're like you know when i you know, I went to cosmetology school. Yes, I'm a Cosmo. Yeah, you know, George, I'm, I'm George is not those, even a barber. But He's you guys Cosmo. need to understand, I went to cosmetology school because back in 97, 96, 97, when I was looking around for a barber college, there was no barber colleges. There was one in Anaheim, um, the, the, the real, barber, the real college? barber college. Then there was one in San Bernardino that was just insane ghetto. Yeah. And the first time I went in there, it was like 96. I'm like, I'm going to go visit this barber college. I go in there, it was like going, visiting a prison yard. You walk in, you had all the blacks on one side, all the Mexicans on one side, and then maybe like a scared white boy in the back. <laughs> From South Orange County. <laughs> South Orange and, and not one person said hi to me. And I'm, it's like you're walking the line, you know, when you get arrested. And they, <laughs> you're walking. 
<laughs> and dude, nobody said hi to me. Everybody's mad dogging me. And I was like, dude, if this is what barbering is about, if this is what barber college is about, F that. Am I allowed to cuss? Like, fuck, yeah, fuck that, man. So I, I, I went to Riverside Community College and I, I, I joined an amazing cosmetology program. And I tell these guys all the time that this was in like 97-ish. And the, what was cool about then is all the instructors at that cosmetology school were successful hairdressers from the 80s. Yeah. So you got to remember, like, I learned a lot from these guys. So this is, the, the, these, you, know, it, you know, older people that, are, that have been in our industry a long time remember the big hair salons. Back in the 80s, people would work at a salon and literally would be there working with the same team for 20 years. You wouldn't leave. Yeah, that's it, true. It was like it was. A, it became your family. You didn't bounce around all over the place like I see these people bouncing around these days. So I got to work with these very successful. I got to go to school and learn, learn from you know very successful hairdressers that taught me professionalism. I tell everybody right now. I didn't learn. I learned how to do nails. I learned how to freaking <laughs> give a sick ass manicure. I didn't learn how to do a fade for shit. Yeah, but, but I learned professionalism, dude. And and that's just crazy because when I when I went to barber school, I went to like this hole in the wall in City of Orange, and it was a, like an Asian school, uh-huh. and it was a lot, there was a few barbers that you know they might listen to this. Ron Rontali, he ended up working with yeah, you I and love Ron. Corona. Uh, my buddy Josh, Mike, uh, Max Esposito out in Golden Crown. We went to this barber school, and we were basically teaching each other how to cut hair, yep. but. <laughs> I mean, there were times when we get punished and not even hold a pair of clippers. And, like, for a week, we were doing perm rots. And, yeah. man, I became, like, a fucking ninja rolling yeah. up those perms. Then, yeah. then they would have the old ladies come in, you know, from the from the um, the senior citizen home that is, like, around the corner. And they come in, like, on a Tuesday. And we would help, you know, put the perm rots, put them all yeah. tight on them because they have, like, like yeah. super fine hair. So yeah. that was, like... The experience that we all fucking went through, and it was it was, it was crazy. Good for us, though. It was and good that's for us. crazy because I didn't learn how to do a fade until, um, I would say I started here with you at the barbershop watching you, and then you know our old friend Abraham, mm-hmm. fucking lunatic. Um, oh yeah. Watching him and just kind of develop that skill work of learning how how to watch, you know, do a fade because yeah. there was no YouTube videos back then. No, there was there nothing. was nothing. So Nothing. it was like, fuck. You, know, you, were only, oh. you were only as good as the guy teaching you, or you were only as good as the barber that worked next that, to you. And yeah. the barber that worked next to you could be a really shitty barber. Yeah. <laughs> then, but that's yeah. all you knew. And that's all we knew. But yep. then, you know, once uh, we had Sophie, I remember once Jose came in, you know, Mr. Can Be Faded. Shout out to yeah. Can Be Faded. Jose Fresno, Fresno, Fresno California. Bull, bulldog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, he came in and he had that sick ass taper with a masters, and I'm like, "What the fuck? Where's this motherfucker from?" And yeah. you know, he just he just kind of like exposed that yeah. um, the rest of us to do that oh, yeah. that taper, that blend that he does, that ridiculous blend, you know. But that was um, interesting times. Dude. Uh, I tell people a lot of stories of Santa Ana, Danny when he started doing. Um, the fucking uh, what was it called? The, the designs. 
Yeah. You know, he just blew everybody out of well, the water. What's funny is Danny, really quickly, touching Danny. Uh, Danny, it was Jair and Danny were my my first barbers and Abraham. Yeah. I love, man, where is Abraham? I don't know, but I, I, I love that guy. I don't know. He follows me on Instagram, and yeah. I don't see him post much. Well, well Abraham, if you listen to this, bro, thank you so much for everything you did when you were here. Too. Yeah. I remember you were the first guy that came... You rode your beach cruiser in. Hey, bro, <laughs> are you hiring? I'm like, yeah. Paso le cabrón. Bring your clippers. Let's go, dude. And, uh, and uh, you know, and Abraham, I will for always be grateful that you brought in. Because Abraham, born and raised Santa Ana. Yeah, he brought he, in a lot of He a gave lot of me our... that boost the, the beginning years, yeah. 2011, 2012. Like, he brought in a lot of the local Santa Ana people. And when people were accusing us of all the gentrification, Abraham always had our back. Like, no, oh, yeah. brother, he, he kind of help you know get the word out like no bro we're like hey if abraham's working at the shop it's a cool shop because yeah. abraham knew everybody and yeah and it was cool we would do an open mic he would bring in all his open yeah mic all the open mic nesser yeah. he would yeah. bring like everybody from yeah, uh, so, so that it, cultura down the street yeah, it was cool man so it was good uh, abraham really got me in touch with the neighborhood and um and introduced me to a lot of people just like you did yeah. Jair. so then danny uh, you know he comes rolling in too everybody what's up with nobody having cars back then oh that's he comes right rolling in so, with his beach cruiser <laughs> también, dude. Like, yeah so abraham had a beach Beach cruiser, Danny had a beach cruiser, I had a mountain bike, and we were all like sick ass bro, bike parking lot in the parking lot inside the, the barber shop <laughs> on a corner. And yeah, the shop was like that. It's funny. the shop was like halfway done because you know I ran out of money, bro. I had four state, chairs. And then state board never gave us the license, so we ended up opening up yeah. fucking four, low key. Four made in China barber chairs. I didn't even get authentic barber chairs. Yeah, I couldn't I afford them. Shit. I got the like the cheapy barber chairs, but screw it. Danny comes in, and he's one of my top barbers now. He comes in with his portfolio. It's like a, a photo book, yeah. and it's just, like, updos and makeup. And I'm just like, what the <laughs> fuck does this guy want? Like, And I'm like, uh, Danny, you do know, like, this is a barber shop, bro. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't do updos. I don't do makeup. But he was so talented. I'm looking at his his uh, makeup book and his, his yeah. hairstyling, but I was like, damn, this guy. I'm like, dude, are you sure you don't want to work at a salon? Dude, and Danny will never admit it. I taught him you know how to do one of his first fades yeah i remember that and, and i remember he was his scared first shitless. Fade. he was sweating and his glasses were <laughs> fogging up and he was looking over at me and you know and i'm not the, you know i've always said i'm not the best barber but i've always been a busy barber because i think yeah. my personality and I, I love talking to people but I, I i taught danny like the first few days and this son of a bitch in like seven days was doing better fades than me and everybody in the shop. Yeah, he was. This guy was a beast. And then, like, a month or two later, he's drawing freaking Raiders logos on the side of people's heads. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's and, true. Uh, he was way ahead of that. Danny was so far ahead of all that design stuff. Yeah. And, and to this day, I tell people, Danny, in our industry, is one of the best out there. Just He's the one that broke key. the eye, bro opened up that door yeah. for a lot of uh, these hair designs. Yeah. Danny but should be one of these barbers that has 100, 200 plus K followers. But you know what? Danny's but, just low key. And you know what Danny knows how to do? He knows how to make money. Yeah. Danny comes in, and I tell people some of the barbers that have the least amount of Instagram followers Which are the it doesn't highest. Matter paid income the highest income earners in our freaking industry yeah absolutely and, and that's I all 100 that's, that's believe all that. that matters there and we, we could touch that subject uh, later oh if you want. yeah dude. <laughs> yeah definitely and yeah i remember when we had our first christmas party we went to chapter one and it was like barely opening up and and chapter Danny, one's a neighbor, uh, neighborhood uh, another uh, staple here in downtown santa, santa Ana. yeah and i remember danny walked in and he's like hey i want you to meet my partner and i'm like the fuck your partner and i tell people this story all the time that i was and they're like nah no way i'm like 
this ain't your partner phone. I'm like, are you gay? And then he was like, yeah, I'm gay. And I'm like, what the fuck? This whole time I've been talking shit on, on pinches maricones. And you're over here jumping the gun, too. I'm like, ah, oh, bro, I feel bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's like, nah, it's all good. But Danny became, like, fucking family after that. Well, you know, and I think yeah. on that subject, I, I want everybody to understand, like, being, you know, a gay uh, a barber, whether you're female yeah. or, or a male, in our industry, it, it was it wasn't as accepted. It wasn't, you know. And, and, and you guys got to remember, I'm coming, uh, you know. And, and I hope I hope nobody gets offended by this, but these are facts. I've been in this industry a very long time, and you know, and I I worked with barbers that were gay that were like literally in the closet gay at the barber shop because they were afraid of people not wanting to sit in their chair. Yeah. And you know what, man? Some of the best freaking barbers I know these days. Are, are from our gay community, man. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, and, and, and then now some of our best clients are the gay community. And, and that's another thing also if um, gay clients weren't as quick to go to a barber shop before. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and so I love how our industry has evolved. It has evolved, you know, and you know, I think we all grew. We're all very open-minded and, and, um, and it's awesome. I love like what has happened in our industry oh, now. Oh yeah, definitely, dude. I mean, cause back then, I mean, a lot of our gay clients that will come in and just kind of like very low sort key. of low key scared you know not wanting to talk and and with danny they they just feel that confidence and, and so danny, danny opened ended up, up those doors for us here in doors. santa Ana, man and yeah. uh, his you know his gay clientele and all his all it his, just his, like blue yeah his all his friends all all of danny's friends when they come in i love them to death now they feel a little too comfortable coming into the shop <laughs> These motherfuckers they come in come without in. a shirt. Yeah, like, come in. <laughs> a little, little speedo. Freaking, what's up, guys? Baby nah. oil on their yeah. chest. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, you know, I, I love our, our, our gay clientele at the oh, shop. Oh, yeah. Dude. And, uh, and our Echo Park shop, too. We got some really cool Yeah, same when I, when I, uh, when I yeah. left here in America and to go work in Long Beach with Pedro and Scott. Shout out to Razorbacks and Imperial Barber Products. Um, yeah, same thing. There was, a, there was a bar that was, like, literally across yep. the street. And oh, yeah. And Billy, which is one of the barbers, he's one of the best barbers in there. You know, traditional barbers. That dude could give you the best fucking haircut. Just clipper over comb, sheer over comb, you name it. And I started noticing a lot of the gay clientele, and they were like 100% supportive of the shop, and the shop was 100% supportive of the gay community. we just well, they've had our backs. When the going's gotten tough, they've stepped up to us. Oh yeah, like you can't imagine, man. Oh yeah, same, same. You know, during this whole shutdown, you know, the beginning of the shutdown, a few of my gay clients, they, you know, reached out to me. They, you know, um, not coming to brag, in, tipping they, us a little like, extra. Yeah, they, I mean, you know, uh, awesome. Man. One of them uh, sent me some funds through Vedmo, and he sent me a, a Venmo message telling me like, hey man. I've been for the past three weeks. I've been trying to look for you on, on the this fucking app. I found your Instagram and I found you, you know, and I want to help you out. And I was just like, it broke my heart because I was like, dude, I wasn't asking, but thank you, I appreciate yeah. you. And you know, yeah, first thing, first thing when once we, the shops were open, uh, I had them come in and. You know, give him a big fucking hug and a kiss on the cheek, and oh, that yeah. might have turned him on, but who knows? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I always tell people um, about our gay clients and how Danny used to tell me, like, hey, my client, my client in the chair, you know, he thinks you're cute. And I'll be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> you I know still what? got it. You know, right. just you know to fuck I always with joke when, I, when I'm feeling down and insecure, I go to a gay club, get all the compliments, get charged up. I'm good to go for a few <laughs> months, dude. 
<laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's but, awesome, man. But I think I, I think overall what we're saying here is just our industry has evolved in like in a, in a great like, way. Yeah. And 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 speaking that while we're on the subject, also you know we cut a lot of female hair now in our shop. Yeah. You know, and again, it's um you know if you're a barbershop and and you haven't evolved to that, you're an idiot. Yeah. You know, and obviously, yeah, we can't do the big the the layers and the highlights. But like when when females come into my shop, as long as it's a barbershop haircut. It's we yeah. could cut it. You got to be really careful nowadays. You cannot say m male or female haircut. No. You know, you can't charge more for a female haircut in a shop now too. That's a new one that just passed. Really, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, that's, you, and so that's something new. But like I always tell uh, women when they come to the shop, hey, we could do it as long as it's a barbershop haircut. You know, it, back in the day when I had my Corona shop in 2005, dude, our we would we would advertise, and these were ads that would go to the neighborhood. And on our advertisement, our, our slogan was, real men go to barbershops. Can you imagine oh, yeah. having that nowadays, bro? Real men go to barbershop. And, you know, and that's, it makes me sad because that was, the, that's what I loved about the, the, the masculinity of a barbershop. Yeah. But, but things have changed. But, yeah, like I always tell people, so nowadays in 2000, uh, 2021, how do you still have a masculine barbershop? But you just can't. You just gotta. You, you gotta evolve to yeah. the times. You know, same same thing with you know, now wearing a mask. You know, you are, yeah, yeah, we're we're against it. Yeah. A, a lot of us, you know, we don't want to, but we just kind of have to adapt and. I'll suck give you it an example. Like, look at like men are it. going to nail shops now. Yeah, isn't it crazy, dude? Back yeah, the days I come you'll from, be you were called caught a yeah, <laughs> You 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 get caught walking out of a nail shop, bro. Ah, uh, it was and, game and, on. And your toes were a little too pretty. Ah, uh, well, it was game but on. But nowadays, that's a pretty example. So just like in nail shops, where men are going to nail shops, like, dude, you know, nail shops I've been to, man, they still have the little, the nice little crystal chandelier. There ain't nothing <laughs> masculine about a nail shop. Oh yeah. But yet men are still going, and you feel very comfortable there so and, I, and we respect that it's a feminine environment that we're invited into and i always tell women look at my barbershop it's gonna smell like old spice cologne like a bunch and of weed. dirty freaking men some freaking little little splash of the weed scent floating around you know whatever it is you know it's gonna smell like men in there you know and so give us that i'm not gonna paint my walls pink yeah. i'm not gonna put a little crystal chandelier in there but, uh, you know, get, allow us to still have a, a masculine environment that you are invited into and that you yep. are very much welcome to. Absolutely. You know, and that's what that's the balance. I hope our industry stays. It's OK to still have a, a cool old school masculine barbershop. Yeah, it's OK. And don't take that from us because that's my fear all the time is do not take that from us. Like, yeah. Men need that just like women need a beautiful, very feminine nail salon or beauty salon we also need our, our masculine little man cave yeah you know yeah, we that, do. That's, so that's what we both need that and, and fair is yeah. fair yeah definitely i 100 percent believe that but yeah. there's there's people out there you know, oh yeah there's people out there oh yeah but um so obviously your shop has been open since when since june since we were Which able one, to open the, the, the santa ana yeah, shop got, santa, uh, 2010 since 2010 yeah. and then Us obviously and, uh, el catrin which el Cat is another one of our neighbors yeah. they just expanded they, they dude expanded. i saw the i beautiful. saw the pictures that they posted on their oh, social media and uh, it's a beautiful shot i'm really like, happy that, that that they expanded and got onto fourth street on a busy corner man yeah. and, and yeah. it makes me really proud because you know right away people are like oh dude el catrin expanded and you know they're owned by the suavecito yeah. company yeah and they're very well funded and everybody's like dude are you nervous suavecito is gonna finally be a big shop like you guys i'm all bro i'm so proud proud 
that, yeah. the El Catrin. Absolutely. Dude, that makes me so proud to say that now we're going to have two badass barbershops on 4th Street. And, and El Catrin opened up right around the same time that we're literally, we did. Yeah, like, like, like literally, side. I think it was like just a two, month. three months. They, they opened be, up like a month before us. Yeah, something like that. Us, but yeah. I mean, they're, they're the grand staple of downtown Santa oh, yeah. Ana as far as, you know, I'm, I know. Because now I roam around here in downtown Santa Ana and there's like fucking 30 barbershops within a mile and I'm like god damn <laughs> these motherfuckers they have no respect back then there was respect you yeah. know like you don't open up a shop oh, yeah. you know two across, blocks away across the street across the street you know We've there was there was a code up across the street from us here yeah that's tried, crazy but luckily our landlord that he owns a lot of the properties here didn't allow it thank god and I, yeah. and I love him for that but yeah. I can't believe the nerve of people man yeah people don't have no but, you respect know, thing, we're, you know we're, we're on the same street but a few blocks down and yeah. you know there's enough clientele for everybody and, and I've always liked El Catrin especially when I love the name I mean, dude, El Catrin. Uh, that's that's one that name, name is money, that, Ben. And you yeah. could open that up in any Hispanic neighborhood, and you'll never be accused of gentrification like American barbershop. Yeah, I'm going through it in Echo Park. It doesn't matter. Like, imagine me opening up American barbershop, Bull Heights. They would burn my freaking shop down. Yeah, bro. they would have burned that shit but down. But El Catrin could. Bam, freaking you would have all the raza in Bull there. Bull Heights, bro, it's on, Bull, dude. Oh, you know, and, dude. and, and I, I love their name, dude. I, I love, love, love their name. But you know, my name, you know, uh, you know, if you want to rewind just really quick, is you know, uh, when I knew I was gonna open up a barbershop, I was obsessed with this book called The Vanishing American Barbershop. And that's crazy. A lot of barbers don't even know about that book. Yeah, it's you really know, neat. I ended it, up buying that book. It's cool, uh, right? At Antonio's Beauty Supply. It's in, one of the best. Uh, barber right? Every barber should buy that book. It's about the history it's a must of barbershops in the last hundred years. And it, talks about the rise and the fall of American barbershops. During the swine flu, uh, during the Spanish oh, flu bro, as well. Everything. It talks about all that, like, like how, it, and there's photos in there that people have used on social media because of this pandemic that we're going yep. through. They use the photos that are in that book with the barbers wearing a mask and oh, yeah. cutting outside. You know, it's, it's exactly, Little all kids. the photos are in there. All the photos and like the description of the barber chairs the old school you know the years there's the a, there's years a cool picture of these two kids it's an Ital a lot of old barbers are italian because yeah. uh, you know it, it italians migrated into the usa and they opened up barbershops some of the oldest barbershops are italian owned you know there's one barbershop here in uh, orange county uh, in tustin it's called louis barbershop he's been there for 52 years it's the mm -hmm. oldest barbershop in orange county nice dude. besides benny the benny's brothers that used to oh, be yeah, right here used to be right here yeah so so that book was always like an even in cosmetology school like um it was when i saw that book i was like you know what when i open up a barbershop someday i'm gonna call it american barbershop yeah and that's where the name came from it was it was i i wanted i saw the rise and the fall of barbershops and you guys understand when i was in in cosmetology school in the mid 90s dude barbershops were dumps yeah you know get offended if you want it is what it is the barber industry was at its all-time freaking worse it was yeah. it was at its at its all-time downfall it was and, at a downfall yeah. and the hair salons were just like skyrock and this yeah. was like late 70s early 80s all yeah. the way through the 90s yeah. all our shit i would even say to the mid-2000s you know it yeah. wasn't until 2009 when barbering became the rise yeah. and then I've got to say in 2012 when oh, yeah. Instagram came in and that's just fucking skyrocketed. Oh, yeah. Remember we went to our first barber battle oh, yeah. and I competed and Danny competed. And, oh, yeah. and, you know, that was like the very first. That was the beginning of it, man. The beginning of what it is now in social media. And that's what a lot of the barbers that everyone um, idolized, you know, on social media, that if they were at that barber battle, at the Exotics 
Barber Battle 2012? Was it? Two, I think mm -hmm. it was 2012. There, that's what opened up that door for oh, them. Oh yeah, and you know? and you know, and like back, it, it was a trip because I knew a lot of hairstylists back then, and if you were a barber, it's like they looked down on you. Yeah. It's like you know, I'd go to these big parties. Like my buddy um, Drew, that worked, uh, you know, because right after I got out of cosmetology school, I went straight to Tony and Guy Newport Beach. And I worked with some really cool hairdressers. And, and I'm telling you, every every hairdresser at Tony and Guy back then making over 100K. Oh, yeah, easily. Everybody. To this day, I know a few hairdressers. Yeah, and these guys, they brought me in like like family. Because at the time, I was like, I'm going to be a badass hairstylist, work at Tony and Guy. And, you know, and Wearing I. Wearing your I, little tight pants. Little tight pants. They would, they would make you wear all white. <laughs> yeah, all white. And, you know, but nine months in, I was like, God, you know, I. I want to I want to open up a barbershop, yeah. you know, but I learned a lot from Tony and Guy, but they all brought me in like family and I learned a ton from these guys. I worked with very successful hairstylists. I saw the money and the potential that you can make, but I would go to their little parties and then like, you know, and I saw the way they talked about barbers, the way, you know, one time at Tony and Guy and, and no disrespect to Tony and Guy, and I'm not going to say the name of this. This person that I, that, that um, I was um, shop, I guess I was, you were like the shop bitch, you know, right. like you would hold the foils and all that. Um, they were sitting there doing a fade with scissors, it was shears, you know, doing the 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 the, yeah. the the shear over comb, and they're working on this fade for like an hour, and I'm like, and I finally look at her and I'm like, why don't you just get the the clippers and blend that shit in, man? Yeah. And then she got super offended. She's like, she's like, she's like, we don't use uh, clippers in here. Uh, uh, clippers, uh, uh, clippers are ghetto. That's what barbers use. And I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm like, Damn. "Okay," you know. I was like, "That's well, crazy." The mentality back I'm then. Like, well, huh? let me know if you need help finishing that fade, honey. You know, like, <laughs> you know, Jesus Christ. And then I remember that day. I was like, "Man, I don't, this is, you know, um, I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to get into the barber industry and that." But I'm just bringing that example. No disrespect to Tony and guys. Yeah. It was different back then. It was yeah, different. The mentality was and different. Tony and guy back then, the best in the industry, the yep. best man. I mean, everybody knows Tony and guy. Man, they would they would do haircut books every year with some of the dopest freaking haircuts, yeah. but you know and but then nowadays moving forward, like barbers and hairstylists, we're like all best friends now. We all learn from each other and we all yeah. respect each other, man. And that's yeah. what's freaking beautiful now is like we're all like a giant family. It's like now. one giant industry now. Yeah. To before especially it was after this pandemic, oh, dude, yeah. we are definitely tighter than ever now, man. Yeah, there's yeah. a hair salon not in Riverside called Lather Studio. I don't know if you've seen um they they get uh the owner got uh sued by the city and she lost and state board revoked her license and everything i'll send you the link okay. and you know i got to teach a class in her and um i hear a men's haircutting class in in her salon and just to see her now she's she, she's fighting back yeah. you know she's fighting back she's going to court she's doing all all kinds of other shit you know just to beat them and obviously She's gonna win because you know a lot of people that have been suing right now they're winning, you know, and yeah. good for them, they're fighting. But yeah, there's a, a lot of the hairdressers that you know follow us on social media, they, they was always like, Hey, post a video of a fade or a taper, or like yeah. you know. So that's that's the cool thing that the industry now has grown mm -hmm. to be one instead of like being like, Oh, fucking hairdressers, you know. Like, yeah, at my Echo like Park shop, I have a hairdresser um, working for me now that you know was forced to come work at my barber shop because his salon in LA shut down, Damn. you know. And so, dude, he's a badass, he's a dude like. You know, he, you know, these hairstylists that, that know how to do, you know, great shear work. Yeah. And, I mean, we're, we learn from him and he's great with the, with the, the clippers. Nowadays, like if you're a Cosmo, you better know how to pick up them clippers. And, and, uh, and I'm telling you, some of these, these cosmetologists, man, they're, they're freaking badass, man. Not only that, dude, you know? but it's gone to, um, 
And I learned this through my buddy, Danny, Success Addict, on social media, that you don't have to be the best barber or hairdresser. No. You could be the worst fucking hairdresser and barber in the world, but if you have the best customer service, you treat your clients with respect, and, oh, yeah. you know, you're, a client will set up for less just because they're being respected, you know, mm -hmm. than to have uh, uh, an eagle you know, stylist or barber yeah, just man. think over their head and, you know, they have no fucking clientele. Like, oh, yeah, bro. You know, I'm telling you, in, in L.A. right now. I know right a lot now, of those. Yeah, we, we've, um, we have a lot of new clients in L.A. right now and that ended up at our shop that I don't know what these some of these barbers are thinking, man. You know, like right now with everything going on and, and like maybe a client shows up a little late for good reason and these barbers just fire them like, oh, that's it. You were late and, you know, I'm not going to cut your hair no more. It's like you're, you're you should be thankful that this make, client... Make them do push-ups. Yeah, like, I mean, I get it. Like, it's frustrating when clients show up late. And we got those flaky clients oh, that yeah. you just want to fire. But you know what, bro? Like, this is a time where we need to humble the fuck down, dude. Yeah, Because definitely. we've gotten a lot of people... I don't know what some of these barbers right now during this pandemic, they're charging a shit ton of money for private house calls. and, and I, or, I never or, understood that. Or just private appointments, low-key. Bro, we're still there. We're open right now. We all got our masks on. We're charging the same amount of money. We didn't go up in price. I am just grateful for everybody that, that, that sets walks foot in through that, that door. Yeah. And we, we have gotten so much clientele right now because... They're getting treated really badly, very, very poorly from their barber yeah. for whatever reason. I'm like, guys, you understand when this pandemic is over, doors are going to open back up again. And um, you're going to get a real reality check here, man. Yeah. You know, like right Absolutely. now, yeah, people are desperate and need haircuts and people are driving really far, you know, like to. And we had people from L.A. driving to my bar, you know, A.J. that works here in Santa Ana had yeah. a barbershop, a, a speakeasy barbershop set up in his garage during the first closure. Yeah. Dude, we had our L.A. clients driving down from L.A. to get down haircuts here. over Yeah, I, I had you a know. lot of clients from L.A. drive down to Laguna. Because we were open. Because, yeah, and a lot of them, they moved out of L.A. because, you know, all this chaos that was happening yeah. in L.A. And yeah. they were like, fuck that. We're yeah. moving down, down south, you know. Yeah, so but. so my whole thing is, but I'm great. We never got arrogant about that. No. We were always grateful, and like no. people that drove down here, I was like, bro, I can't even believe you just drove all the way down here, and, and super grateful. Never took it for granted. Never felt like, like like oh, you need us. No, man, we need these people. Oh, we yeah. need these clients, yeah. man. And you know, and I think to me, hopefully, a lot of the you know what, like one good thing with this pandemic. It has humbled people way the fuck down. Oh, there fuck was yeah. a lot of these barbers way out of fucking control on Instagram, arrogant as fuck, charging crazy ass fucking prices. Like, yeah. like what the hell? You just got out of barber school. Like, yeah. dude, humble your ass fucking down, dude. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of barbers out there that they get out of barber school and they want to charge like hundred fucking areas, man, dude, uh, bro. Like I started off charging eight bucks. Yeah, I remember $8. here we started charging what ten bucks. Thirty haircuts a day. We started charging here at American Barbershop ten dollars, and man. we had a fucking uh, coupon flyer oh, that we yeah. passed around all over the oh, fucking city. How much city. were we gonna discount this like, shit? <laughs> and then we went to twelve bucks, then fifteen bucks, and it Remember wasn't until like, like what twelve dollars? Twelve dollars. We went like, to fifteen yeah. bucks. People had a meltdown. Oh, bro. dude, people wanted to fucking kill no, us. but like, you know completely. what it is? It's it's good for you. Um, you know, I always tell people like some of the best barbers I've hired are barbers that maybe their first couple years or even their first year they worked like at a little military shop. Like yeah. just a chop shop. Any barber getting out of barber school, you need to go work at a little chop shop. Like, like you know, just high volume, you know, uh, uh, shop. You yep. know, that, that you know, and, 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 and that you learn a lot, man. You, that's good for you, man. You know, yeah. like it's good for you. It humbles you down. And then when you're able to eventually charge $25 and up, 
dude, you appreciate it, man. But how could you appreciate 25 bucks when right out of barber school you're charging $25, $30 and, yeah. and, and maybe your haircuts aren't even that good or, or your personality's not that good, yeah. even worse. Some of these guys, you know, they, they, they need a humble the hell down, dude. Yeah, so, some ha they definitely have to, but, you know, it's all up to them. Yeah. And you'll learn with yeah, experience. I'm, I'm not here to. Yeah. I'm not here to teach you know those people or to lecture them. No. You know, I just worry about my team here at my shop and yep, try absolutely. to set a good example for the rest of the industry. Yeah, that's that's all we can do. You know, everything else will fall into place, and some of these barbers don't even. I mean, Jerry, follow. on that note, how is it that some of my guys here at my shops that are charging just average, decent barber prices that we're all charging in our industry? How are they making more money than these barbers that are charging 60 to 100 bucks a haircut, bro? That's crazy. I, I don't get it. I, don't I know I know some of these guys, oh, I charge $100. And okay, then why is it that my guys that are doing $35 to $40 appointments are making more money more than you, money. bro? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, like, what are you doing wrong here, dude? Like, you know, obviously, what are you doing? One haircut a day? A couple One, haircuts, haircuts a day? I mean, yeah. come on, dude. Like, Shit. you know, like... Uh, yeah. You know, it just, again, that's a whole other conversation, man. You know, oh, yeah. to each their own, man. But I do know some very successful barbers that do charge top dollar. But, you know, um, one of my one of my favorite uh, barber hairstylists out in L.A., a good friend of mine, Dre. Um, Dre, he does Lookbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I, guy, he's up there in his prices. You know, he's up there. Uh, you know, yeah, but, so does uh, Lecce. Lecce, he's yeah, up there. He's up there. But, but you, know, you know, guys like Dre, like I talk to Dre all the time. He's like, George, it took me 10 years to get my prices to where they're at. Oh, yeah. He's like, I worked my ass off for 10 years. I mean, Dre, you know, he's very involved with the whole DJ electronic scene. Yeah. He knows uh, Pasquale from EDC personally. That's one of his personal clients. But it took Dre years of putting in that work to get that clientele he has now. You know, and and, um, and that's how you how you build a clientele like that. It yep. doesn't happen overnight. No. And again, and uh, I'm not saying you can't charge those kind of prices, but you need to take the proper steps to yeah. get there yeah to make sure absolutely. it's a solid long-term clientele yep absolutely i agree with that 100 yeah. percent. but um yeah man that's crazy i mean to, to think back how the industry has changed and evolved you know in just what nine years ten years it's yeah. just crazy you know and i tell people like shit man you know i mean honestly this has been probably the second time i've been in santa Ana in the past three four years yeah you know i see a lot of construction a lot of new businesses and you, you still know, see mexicans here right I say, I still we, see mexicans we didn't here. run the mexicans out of the neighborhood like they accused us of <laughs> no, no dude was I, it, was it more, shocking more, you thought i mean they look at me and they think i'm white because i live in south olcina yeah. they're like oh you just the cabron what were they accusing us of that we were gonna run all the mexicans out of here oh, they remember oh, they, yeah. they used to vandalize the windows and fucking tell yeah. us all kinds of shit remember that senor <laughs> that came in he's so like pinche shop American barbershop, and, and then nobody's gonna come here. Well, and then like, I told them what I tell them all: "Get que quieres que le llame a Mexican barbershop? <laughs> voy, a cambiar, voy a cambiar el nombre a Mexican barbershop, okay?" And he just looked at me all confused because he didn't even realize I know Spanish. Yeah. I yeah. started talking to him in Spanish, and I'm Which like, George I'm like, el dueño, yo soy el dueño, ¿qué es el problema? No entiendo qué es el problema. And he just looked at me with his mouth open, like, oh, shit. He probably thought some, like, white boy with blue eyes and blonde hair owned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, Jesus Christ. And even if a white boy with blonde hair, blue eyes did own it, what's the problem? What it, is the problem, It was dude? just a mentality back yeah, then. Now dude. it's more acceptable, you know? Jesus Christ, man. You know, yeah. um, 
But oh. yeah, 2021, we're here, so we're golden. Yeah, we're man, rising. That's the past. That's the past. That's, that's and it's always good to like reflect back, reflect right? back, and just see how far you've come. And like, like man, there were times when I wanted to fucking call it quits. You know, oh, yeah. there were times when we, I've wanted to throw the towel and be yeah, like, we burned Fuck out a couple shit. times. You know, yeah, we burned out a couple times, yeah. man, because we went, we went through the growing pains of the industry, man. Yeah. We went we through did. the growing pains of the industry, and um, and I, I, I'm very proud to say that we, we were one of the the leaders of of um of these big barber shops. You yeah. know, like I think we were there, we were there, and uh, as the barber battles evolved, um, yeah, you know, we 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 did an appearance for basically every single fucking yeah. barber battle. You know, back the mow downs. Uh, that's uh, you know, I, I, you know, um, uh, Louis. That that was it was awesome working with her back then, and I and I'm very proud of her too. That ten years later, there she's still going she's still at grinding. it. She's still grinding. You know, yeah. and, and and you know what, and and, and um, to respect uh, to Louis, um, you know, she's been really out there, a, a good voice for us during this pandemic, man. Yeah. You yeah. know, at first it was a little at confusing. First, I, I didn't know what side she was on. Yeah, at first she was all against it, telling barbers to snitch and, you know. Yeah, like, like you shouldn't be open. But then yeah. I think like all of us, we got to a point where like enough's enough. Enough is enough, and, yeah. And, and then Louis talks about this, that she's like, you know what? At yeah, first, she, that's one thing that I respect about her, that she, she, went, that she, she went back on, on social media and she was like, you know what? Fucking I made it. I was wrong, and yeah, it's yeah, wrong what they're just doing. She precautious like yeah. all of us, man. Yep. You know, and and I now, got that shit, too. When but, I, um, but now she's a, a huge voice for us, and she's done a lot for us, man. And a lot of people, man, when she goes live, everybody's right there listening in because everybody's looking for answers. Yeah. And poor Louie, she could only answer so much. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, and I respect her so much for taking that on. I, pre I wanted to take on that job, but you guys got to understand, I own two barbershops. And yeah. every time I put myself out there, I put my barbers at risk because you got freaking snitches out there calling yeah. state board on us, calling health department on us. And I just had to hide and pretty much go underground for the safety of my barbers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I respect but, Louie a lot for putting herself out there and putting and, and putting herself at risk and putting her shops at risk. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to Louie. But yeah. Um, so that's it for today, folks. We're going to continue on episode two. With George Mendoza, we got he's got to get back and do some shit. I got to do some stuff. But thank you all for listening. Appreciate you guys. George, finally I was able to fucking get you on this damn podcast. Know, going. Man, we're going to do a part two. Yeah, we're, we're going to do a part two. Do I know part we extended two. it. But, yeah, thank you, Jerry. I appreciate that you're doing it. This is a cool personal project of yours, and it's good yeah. for you to do this because there's a lot of great people. I want to hear you interview Trip. Oh, I, dude, I, I, I can't wait to sit down with Trip. I got a, I got a list you of people. You guys should drive around in this Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, like, uh, you know, just drive around with, like, uh, GoPro cameras. That would be cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, kind of like around, man. Driving around talking, man. Coffee's in... Coffee's and comedians, Car yeah. cars and comedians, yeah. or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Have you yeah that was cool. With, uh, with uh, what's the comedian? That's um, the Seinfeld guy. Seinfeld. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this is a little small project that I've been working on since uh, October. I kind of had a, I was had my my ifs about it mm -hmm. at first, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it, let's do it. What's the worst thing that could happen? You know, we just stop and not do it. Yeah, but cool. I, I enjoy doing this. I like somebody will listen to this. You know, man. even um, if it's two people, screw it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or like two, like yeah. two guys, one mic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, some so funny it's, shit. It's, it's good to do, it's good to do, and I think um, you know a lot of these guys in the industry that've been grinding like like trip and a lot of my you know I've had I've had some 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 heavy hitters that have worked at my shop and I'm very proud of that have moved on to do some incredible yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm very proud. I'm, all, I'm always very proud to say you know like trip and Sophie stay gold. 
Yeah. You, know, that, you know, I'm very proud of everything they do. I follow them. I stalk them. And I yeah. brag, like, oh, yeah, they used to work for me. Yeah, I'm always, for me. I'm always fucking around with Trey when he'll post something. I'll be like, sponsor me. Sponsor yeah. me. You know, like, yeah. he knows. Yeah, but, no, he's dope. Yeah, man. definitely. I'm super proud of him, man. Not just as a barber, but as he's trip has grown as a man as a family man you know i'm very proud of him man yeah because man man when we all worked here at american <laughs> barbershop it was a fucking jesus shit show. christ man holy shit man it's yeah we were times. we were we were going through some time we were going through some things back then <laughs> yep that is good times for everybody yeah. thank you all for listening george we'll do a part two all right, soon. Cool, thank you, you got the barrera.